Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sister. Amen. We're grateful to God that he has given us an opportunity to come before him and to not just hear his word, but to experience him. Amen. One of the things that should happen to us as we receive the word is that we must get better. There must be a cleansing. There must be a strengthening. There must be a way of knowing God better. It's not in vain that we hear the word of God or we come to church. It is not a normal behavior if we hear the word of God or we come to church and we are the same. So let us always pray that, Lord, mold me with your word. Change me with your word. Strengthen me with your word. Purify me with your word. And when we ask God, He will hear us. The scripture says, if you ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Amen. Amen. So, we have been graced by God to hear a lot about the kingdom of heaven and the likeness to many things. And this past few weeks, uh, we have heard about the mustard seed talked about the treasure and heard about the leaven. We know about the leaven. We also know that Jesus spoke about the wheat and the tars and many other issues. And tonight we are talking about the drug net. I pray that God will give us a better understanding one of the things I notice about the parables of Jesus is that it's very easy to simplify whatever he was talking about. And unless the Holy Spirit reveals to you, or you study more by the leading of the Spirit, you can assume that some of them are the same stories. But every detail Jesus brought into the stories of the parables has some meaning which is relevant. Amen. So we must be careful. That's the danger of interpreting parables. There's always a danger of simplifying it. And of course, there's also the other danger of exaggerating the meaning, stretching the meaning beyond what it should mean. But the big danger is being very simplistic and assuming that they are all the same. For example, when you hear the parable of uh, the pearl of great price and the parable of the, the jewel, um, the hidden treasure, it's very easy to think, oh, it's all the same thing. But it's not all the same. It's very important to see what exactly Jesus has been trying to tell us who are preparing for the kingdom. And let me say that we are, nobody, none of us has really been to heaven in the, in the sense of living in heaven. But Jesus used these parables to open a window into the qualifications, how people do enter, or the lifestyle over there. So, um, if we say we are desirous of going to heaven, one of the things we must be conversant with is the parables of Jesus. Because if you don't understand the parables of Jesus, it's like you are going to run an Olympic marathon, Olympic race, and you don't understand the rules of engagement. 
you will think that you just run through. For example, I know that if your people are running the 400 by 4, um, in the first relay, everybody keeps to his lane. But after that, every, all the 8 lanes or 12 lanes are for everybody. So if you keep to the other lane and you are there, you'll be last. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about. The, the, the 400 meters by 4. You know, when you start the first round of 400, all the athletes are to keep to their lane. But from the second person to the third to the final, who have, which all the four lanes are for all the eight lanes or whatever, whether it's 12 lanes or eight lanes, they are for everybody. And you can crisscross, look at the shortest distance, and still achieve the, 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 the ultimate, which is getting the gold. So understanding the parables is like that. If you don't understand the parables, entering and then enjoying the race to heaven can be something else. And sometimes we can get tired. And that's why it's important that we should pay attention to the parables of Jesus. Amen. And not only the parables, but the meanings of the parables. Because there were some of the parables Jesus spoke and he also explained. So it's not only to know the story, but it's also good to know exactly what Jesus was trying to talk about. And then you have to also know the relevance to us today. Because some of the expressions, especially if you use the older versions of the Bible, you may not really get the picture. You know, but if you bring it to the res- present context, it becomes more meaningful. Amen. So let us read from Matthew chapter 13, and from verse 47 to 50. And it reads, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So it shall be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Amen. May we pray. Lord, we want to know you, and want to understand your word. We also want to live in your word, and also speak your word. Help us fulfill this desire, that as we seek to know you, you reveal yourself to us. You said no one can know you, except you be revealed to that person. So, Lord, we desire to know you. Open our eyes to understand the kingdom principles that we shall walk in them. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I was saying, Matthew chapter 13 has as many as eight of the parables of Jesus. It begins with the parable of the sower which is from verse 3 to about 23. Then you have the parable of the tares and the wheat, or the wheat and the tares. Is that parable where he says that a, sower went to, a man went to plant, and then whilst men slept, an enemy came and planted um, tares, as you call them modern day, you say that thorns among the wheat. And wheat and, ter- and thorns, they look alike. Then, we had the mustard seed. I spoke about the mustard seed. 
and its benefits and the way the supernatural element of that uh, uh, parable where a, a, a seed which is supposed to lead, even Jesus said, a herb is the greatest of, or the smallest of all the herbs and it ends up being the biggest of the trees, the supernatural element of the master seed which grows to become not just a seed but a tree. And he talks about the fact that the birds of the air, and we explain the birds of the air, the, um, not birds as such, but other people, worldly people, become dependent on it. And how we must be relevant in the kingdom of God for the world to even depend on us. Hallelujah. Then we heard about the treasure, the hidden treasure. Then the pearl of great, hidden treasure, meaning that you, it is about seeking. If a person seeks, Jeremiah 33, 3, seek the Lord. What, when you seek Him, we call upon Him, He will reveal to you hidden things. So once you, when you come to the Lord and you want to know the Lord more, you don't just sit and watch and say, Lord, just as you said, I'm waiting. But you have to seek the Lord. That is an example in the parable of the, the, the parable of the hidden treasure, that there are hidden treasures of the kingdom and you don't just get them. And then He talks about the pearl of great price. The issue of prioritization. That if you believe that the kingdom is good, the pearl is of value, the Bible says he sold all that he had and bought that pearl. And so it means that he, you are, we have to buy, sell our time, sell our dignity, sell our energy, sell our reputation, sell many things so we can enter or receive the kingdom. Hallelujah. Convenience has to be given away. And all many things that we pride ourselves in, has to be thrown in. And Paul exemplifies it in, to the, in his writing to the Philippians when he says that all that I have gained, I count as but dunk, that I may gain the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. So everything you have achieved, all that I know, all that I have, all that I can do, and whatever we have, we count as nothing. That is another dimension of the pearl of great price, that I may end the excellency of Christ. Then we have the leaven. The leaven, as we know, is um, about the growth of the kingdom. Then we have the dragnet. Then we have the husbandman or the householder. I noticed as I was looking at these parables that Jesus was not an ignorant person at all. Hallelujah. He, and you could see that by the different professions that he was killed in, it tells, it tells you that he knows he created the professions. I see him talk about farming. I see him talk about the horticulturist, the planting, when he talks about the, the master seed. I see that he's talking about jewels, the jeweler. Then he talks about business, trading. He talks about the miner or the, uh, uh, the investments. He said the pearl of great price. It means you get it. The pearl of great price, like diamonds, are hidden in secret places. And you how to sell the value. He knows the value of a pearl. So discernment is also spoken about. Then I see Jesus talking about the baker. Leaven. Within this whole passage of Matthew 13, he talks about his skill about baking. That leaven, you put in yeast into bread and it grows. And then he talks about fishermen, which is what we are talking about tonight. Then, finally, he talks about estate management. Then I realized that if I want to make it into heaven, I must not be naive. 
If I want to make it into the kingdom of God, uh, heaven, you must not have myopia. You must not see life from just one angle. You must see life from so many angles. Because our, our life will be situated, depending on where we are, we may be situated in different scenarios of life. Today you may think like a carpenter. Tomorrow you may think like a plumber. Another day you will think like a doctor. Another day you think like a philosopher. Another day you think like a hairdresser. The next day you are thinking like a barber. And another day you are thinking like an architect. Tomorrow you are thinking like a cook. You can think about many things. Every child of God must be versatile. Adaptability. Jesus gave so many scenarios of entering into the kingdom. He did not just give the farmer's experience. He did not just give the carpenter's experience. He did not just give the, 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 the horticulturist experience. He gave us many, many illustrations. Estate management. Says a man left his household in the hands of another person. And he came back. Hallelujah. Or they valued all the things that were in the house. Account, accounts was inside. Jesus was an accountant. Because that household person was into accounting. Auditing. Many believers don't like figures. We don't like figures. We are very uncomfortable when we are even asked, even church people, when you ask them, what you give them something, you ask them to report on it, they are angry. They think, don't you trust me? Husbands and wives quarrel about accounts. Because we think now it's automatic. But Jesus taught us through all these parables that he was very knowledgeable in all areas. He was knowledgeable in investments. Look at the parable he gave. That same parable. He talks about the parable, the, 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 the parable of the talents. He said the man who didn't do anything with what he gave him, somebody came and came with one and he became two. Sorry, a two became four. Five became ten. And the one went to bury. And he was unfruitful. Jesus understood the principles of investments. How to use your time. How to use your resources. And I'm saying that all of this value system adds on to our entry. Because, you see, it's a journey. And the journey will need all these skills. When you hear about an architect, don't just think about a nice building. Think about a king, the kingdom. How relevant is architect? Jesus said, where Paul said, we should take heed how we build. Jesus said, a man, the kingdom of heaven, is like a man who built his house on the stone. That's architecture. That's civil engineering. Hallelujah. And when he built his house on the stone, because he had a good foundation, when the wind came, and the storms came, and the floods came, that house did not fall. Isn't that what Jesus said? What profession is that? Look at the number of professions. Architecture, civil engineering, structural engineering. He understood it. He understood geography, meteorology, that the weather is going to be some way, rain or shine. When it rains, it comes with wind sometimes. When it comes with wind, it comes with flood. And the effect of it. 
and its effect. Then we even can talk about the environmental degradation and all of these things. So if you are a kingdom person, do not be naive. Don't be narrow. Man. Open your spirit. Open your mind. Search for knowledge in Christ. Bring it within the context of Christ. In Matthew 13, Jesus shows his skill and understanding of many professions. Every profession that is mentioned, different professions. Starts as a sower. Comes on to leaven, a baker. Multiplication. Talks about horticulture. The seed, the, the master seed. Horticulture. Medicinal plants. That's why we must not, God can use any means to communicate to people. Amen. We, those who are preachers, are not the only people that God may want to use to speak to people. That's why we, we have to also be cautious. Amen. In any field of endeavor you find yourself, God can use you to communicate the message of the kingdom to somebody. Say amen. In any situation that you find yourself, Jesus talked about the widow. Talked about prayer and the widow. And other illustrations. And I'm realizing that this journey or this kingdom requires that I must be able to understand every situation, try to understand as much as possible people's different scenarios in life. And it will help me in my journey. Hallelujah. I will memorize scripture. I will study the word. I will pray. But my understanding of life situations or people and situations about general life will help me better in a certain way. Because the context of the kingdom. You see, when, even when you come to Apostle Paul, he took our journey in the context of soldiers. So, as a good soldier of Christ, don't be wary. Be ready always. Quicken, be quicken. There are many illustrations, but in chapter 13, Matthew, Jesus demonstrates this vast knowledge and understanding of the different endeavors of life. From mining to investments, to fishing, to estate management, to being a housekeeper, to whatever. Farming, business, every profession is mentioned there. Baker, the parable of the leaven, baker. But tonight we are dealing mainly with the drag net. The drag net. That the kingdom is likened to a drag net. When you are talking to people in cantonment, sometimes you need to be very careful because many people in cantonment have never had what, seen what it means to go fishing or see people. I have not been fishing, but I've gone to observe fishermen. And especially when we're in Cape Coast, uh, I think, is it Pedro Lagoon, something, something Lagoon near St. Augustine's? And I used to see that they would throw some net and plant the nets. In certain, they, they, they kind of encase the the fish, the lagoon fish. And then after a period, they will draw them. Or if you go into St. Augustine's out there, you see the fishermen out there pulling. 
Or even in Osu here, behind the castle, you see them. You've been to buy fish and you see them pulling it. So that gives, has given me an idea of what this parable is all about. Hallelujah. It says it's like a net that was cast into the sea and gathered every kind. Now, it doesn't say that every kind of fish or every kind of this, but it says every kind. The catch. Then, it goes on to say that which, when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and severe the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. One thing I have noticed about the parables of Jesus is that it is not always you will get variables in the parable representing specific things you want to understand. So for example, if you take the the, the sea, you may get the corresponding meaning today. If you take the net, you may get it. But some of the things that are in the story, like Paul said, we know in part and prophesy in part. So if you want to get the meat of it, you have to focus on the lesson of the parable. It's not just about analogies to every one of them. And say, oh, this one represents, this one represents, so and so, so, so. It's not like that. There will be a key message Jesus will be trying to bring across. And it's very important that by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, we get that key message. And to get the key message of this parable, four pillars are necessary. The four pillars are, number one, the net. Because he said, the kingdom is like unto a net. So the main thing we must understand is the net. Tell your neighbor the net. I must understand the net. Then I must understand the sea. Because the net is cast into the sea. Within the context. Then I must understand the catch. Which is what was gathered. Every kind, every kind, the catch. And because we are dealing with heaven and the final judgment... I must understand the sorting out of the good and the bad or the wicked and the just. The good, the bad, the wicked and the just. Once I get these basics, this parable will make meaning to me and it will make meaning to you. Say Amen. Let's begin with the net. As I was reflecting on it, I saw that the net signifies the overflowing 
grace of God. As I was thinking, I was thinking about this song. Whosoever will may come. It says, he threw the net. The kingdom is like unto a net. So every kind, every, uh, the, the, the scope, every opportunity is, give, is given to everyone. In Revelation 22, 17 talks about whosoever will may come. In our song, there's a song like that. Can we sing that hymn? Give us that hymn. Let's rise and sing that hymn. So that to help us to understand it. Where is the organist? Whosoever will. Where is the organist? Okay. Now give us the hymn. The hymn. The hymn, we will sing the hymn first. Where is the song leader? Help me out. Okay. Okay, music director, help me out. One, two. Whosoever he rest shall shout the sound. Spread their blessed tidings all the world around. Tell the joyful news wherever man is found. Whosoever will may come. Whosoever will, whosoever will send the proclamation of heaven and hell. Tis a loving Father. Cause the wanderer home, whosoever will make come. Please take your seats. I was thinking about this hymn, that whosoever will may come. And I noticed that the preaching of the gospel should not have any limits. And does not have any limits. There is no group of people that we should say, they don't, they are not ready. You know, many times, when we go out for evangelism, on evangelism, and we meet people, I, I, I can repent on that. I know I do that from time to time. When I realize that if you are like in, in Europe, or in America, or somewhere like that, you see a Sikh, Sikh, the, the Pakistani people, they have some hair, and they have everything there. You are not... I'm not inclined to go on to preach to them at all. And I'm in Ghana here, if you meet a Trokoshi in Accra or in Nobuko or Agbozome, and you see she's walking barefooted, barefooted, half naked, it's very difficult. You, don't, you feel that, tell this one is spiritual warfare. Why now, tongues, not sorry. Because <laughs> they are coming. At the back of our minds, most of the time, we don't think that those people are the candidates for the gospel. But the net is thrown into the sea. Hallelujah. 
The net is thrown into the sea. When we were in primary school with a tree, Christian a tree, and he used to, from Akpafu, my friend, he used to scare us. I think his father was a fetish priest or something like that. And he used to scare us. Because anytime something got lost in the dormitory, he had all these magical powers and he would come and say, okay, we are going to form a, a circle. Bible Chemu 1, Bible Chemu 2, anybody, the thief, the, the, I don't know how they use Bible to do their courtism. And usually sometimes the people were caught. They, 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 they point out the Bible face of the person who took I'm not saying it's you. I'm just saying that. <laughs> the pointer will come to you. And then the person will confess. So, we didn't, we didn't think that he was a candidate to be told, preached the gospel. No, no, no. Because there are people who come to church. Those are when we smile, oh, child, I want to speak the word. You say, okay, go on. But there are some other people in our mind by the traditions we have, if you see some of these gurus from India who have grown nails, they don't cut their nails. I've met one or two like that. They, their nails have gone meandering. They don't cut their nails. And their beard is scary. You say, well, this one is not my type of person who deserves. It's those who are Ready and warm and willing. They are the people that the kingdom belongs. But we are wrong. Hallelujah. Whosoever will. So Jesus said, that is how the kingdom is. The net is thrown out there. Where is it thrown? He said, into the sea. The sea of human beings. The sea of cultures. Different cultures. Sea of class society. There are different cultures. There are some cultures that when they wear white, it means they are mourning. Some cultures that when they wear black, it means they are happy. There are cultures that different things that have different meaning. There are some cultures that animals, they don't eat animals. There are some cultures that only deal with certain kinds of people. There are some cultures that hate black people. Cannot contain a black person speaking to them. But they are all part of the sea. They are in the sea. Hallelujah. There are different cultures. Sea of cultures. In Ghana here, there is a sea of different people who don't behave and think like the way we think. Who don't dress the way we dress. Who don't see life the way we see life. Who don't have opportunity the way we have had opportunities. Jesus said the kingdom is like that. And it's cut into this sea of different categories of people. The sea signifies turbulence. There is a rat race. Everybody hot. We are always on a rat race. We want to achieve. People are this this 
These are the people that they're in the ocean. You don't have any fish or anything which is just stable. They, they don't stand. Moving. Mobility is the order. The water itself is moving. The plants are moving. Everything is moving. This fast track moving lane from different dimensions. People don't, are not connected to people by their, their, by, by their own arrangement. There is not, it's very difficult. The, 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 the things, the objects and the things that are in the ocean, most of the time, they are moving by the strength of the ocean. They don't have control so much over what is happening. That's why sometimes the, 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 the fish, you know, the, the, do you know that some of the fish that we harvest here, sometimes it, it travels all the way from Morocco. If you listen to the news, you know that that's what's happening. There are times that they say those in the northern part of West Africa, they shouldn't fish to allow the fish to breed so that things like that and to migrate. So fish is, signifies the mobility. The sea signifies the, the turbulent waters of life. And the elements within the sea, turbulent. Now let me also say that the sea is the whole world in itself. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, and the sea gave up its dead. Which means that the sea, just as the earth has its dead, and we have our own cemeteries, and we have our own government, and all of that, that's what the spiritual realm of the sea is there. The mommy water comes from the sea. Amen. And other powers that operate, that's why many uh, tribes that are at the ocean front, all over the world, Oh, I can say without exception that they are into some form of sea, you know, spirituality. There is something in the sea we don't know. Amen. And Jesus said, the kingdom, that those powers are subject. The things that are in it, the, those who live under the control of the sea powers, they come into the net. Hallelujah. So in the sea, there's turbulence. In the sea, there is a different kind of, there is the oceanic lifestyle, or the, they, they, have, they, have the, they, they have a different lifestyle. We are on surface, we are on land. Our lifestyle is different. Those in the sea, also, they have a different style. And we are trying to bring them to the earth to live amongst us. It's a very interesting arrangement. So the kingdom is like that. The sea, there is some kind of life over there. It may not be the same life we have, but there is some kind of life over there. The sea gave, Revelation 20 verse 13 says, and the sea gave up the dead. So there's a world system in operation in the sea. Revelation 17 15 talks about the sea of people. So, the sea, another thing that I found out the sea, as I was thinking about the sea, is that the sea represents death. Death. How deep, deep things can be. Is that, if we are talking about, that's why nations and where they are, is measured by sea level. So, so, and so, it's so, so, and so above sea level. So the sea, it's, it's a type of hell. 
The sea is a type of hell. Because hell in the Bible is, is illustrating, is in buried, buried, down, down. So the sea is what reminds us of death and hell. Hallelujah. So when the scriptures say that, Jesus said, and the kingdom is like a net which is cast into the sea. People who are on their way to hell, who have been, I mean, they, we can tell by their lifestyle, maybe alcoholism or they are bound by iniquity, they are, their lifestyle, think that's where the net has reached. Hallelujah. Turbulence, hellish behavior. So when people, it's not people who are good, who deserve to come into the kingdom. But those who are, Jesus said, I came not to seek the righteous, but the, 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 the righteous or the evil. The bad ones that are lost. Those that are buried, those that have no hope. That's why the people for whom I came. Amen. Deep in, destroyed in hell. But the good news is that the purpose of the living things in the sea, God, I can see, designed that they will serve the comfort, the pleasure of humanity. Say amen. So, in actual fact, they are temporarily housed in the sea. Everybody who is living in iniquity or in, under, under the control of Satan or under death, and all of that. There is a temporary place. God does not desire. You see the, the fish. Or the things that are brought out there. They are not meant to be there for life. Their benefit is to come to humanity. And then humanity will enjoy them for meals. And we get protein. Then we get cod liver oil. And other benefits. And even there are plants in the sea that are useful. There are things in the sea that we use. So, the sea is there with all the death of sin, the death of destruction, the turbulence in life, the uncertainty. Because the sea, if you're looking about, at things, any part of the creation which is most unstable, it is in the sea. Hallelujah. Very, very unstable. I saw the, the, the atmosphere when the plane is flying, sometimes you can get fair stability. But there is nowhere in the sea, on the sea, that you can have real stability. No. But if you fly up uh, into the air, at least it gets to a point, the plane, it can stable. But the, the, the ocean, it's not like that. So people whose lives are unstable, people who, are, who, are, who don't know where they are going left and right, they are the people who need the kingdom of heaven. Those are the people that the kingdom is open to. Amen. The catch. The catch. Mainly fishermen. We are not told the word fishermen is not in this parable, interestingly. Which means that it's not only one breed of creation that we're talking about. It could be plants, living plants or whatever. But, because it depends on what the, the, the fisherman is looking for. 
But I want to believe that in the main we are talking of fish. Fish Fish is for appetite and the health of the consumer. It's for nourishment. Sometimes we use it to exhibit the beauty of creation. When you go to some homes, you see aquariums. Fish comes home and is just used as a means of bringing inspiration. People go to offices and certain homes. It's people look at the fish in the aquarium. They brought it home, domesticated it, so that they can observe it and it inspires them. As I mentioned, it's also for health. And this, when you look at the aquarium thing, as I was thinking about the aquarium thing, I was also remembering what the scripture says in First Peter 2 verse 9, that we are royal priests, we call, for to show, to show, call to show forth the praise of him. So you can get the fish to show forth the praise of God. Hallelujah. Or the creation, the creatures from the ocean to be used as a demonstration of God's greatness. Hallelujah. Now the meat of this thing is in the separation, you see, praises of him who are called you. So this is the aquarium type of fish. It's brought from the ocean, it's displayed in the place so people can see. Been bring healing, bring inspiration. Now, this part of the separation is very, very interesting. You know, what are we separating from what? I notice that these days, when we talk about fishing, and fisherman can go, come, and he will catch half plastics, half fish. Isn't that what is happening these days? When you go to the beach, you see that a lot of what has been washed there, sandals, people's chalewate, I talked about chalewate and other things on Sunday. And many things, sometimes clothing. Fish is one of the things. Sometimes plastics. But there are also other plants, other things of creature. But I see in this parable, even though it's not clearly stated, something which strikes me, says there's good fish or good and the bad. Good. It's in first. And that modern version is fish. But good and bad. And I'm asking myself, what makes the difference between good fish and bad fish? What is bad fish? Is it that it was bad from the ocean? Or it was getting bad from the ocean because it's too small, it's not grown yet, and it was caught by the net? Or it was sick? Hallelujah. As I was thinking about this, it says, and the good and the bad are separated. I want to believe that practically any time meat which is good is put together with meat or fish which is bad, what happens? There's corruption. The bad one, the good one doesn't interfere with the bad one and make it better. But the bad one is able to interfere with the good one. 
Hallelujah. So the fishermen manage quickly to separate the good from the bad. And he says, and they threw away that which is bad. There was a tradition which I know has been stopped in, in Auntie, the Dodoa area. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I think I'm right. They used to punish certain types of criminals if they want to sentence you to death. They don't kill you as other people. Some people, they, put, they bury you until crows come and eat you up in Europe and others. That's what they used to do in other parts of Africa. They bury you half. Then they leave you there. And the crows and the vultures will eat you until you die. In that place, there's a grove where they tie you, if you are a living person, to a dead body, to a tree. And you'll be there. It's, a very, it's one of the most painful ways to die. Because the caught body of the dead person, the gogomi and all of those things will start eating you with time. So instead of dying within 30 seconds or a day, can you, you are imagining, I can see somebody's face is looking some way. <laughs> instead of dying within hours, as Teshi Range will do, or minutes, this can take, I'm very sure some people died over a month, or maybe two months, because they will be, they'll, they'll finish you over a long time, you can't come out, and they've left you there. They said there's a group there. Am I correct or wrong? You, don't, you haven't seen it, but I know it's there. Not far from Dodoa. They stopped it, I believe. But what I'm saying is that when good fish or good plants, good animals, good flesh is put together with bad, it's only a matter of time. What is Jesus saying to us about the kingdom here? By the separation of the good catch from the bad catch. That if the good catch is not preserved with time, the good will also be corrupted. It's important that as the fishing thing, quickly as much as possible. Now, what does it practically mean for us who are going and who have come into the kingdom? The word of God comes to us. We all respond. Different people respond. Sometimes people who don't, people like Simon the sorcerer, they are also in the catch. People who mean well, they are in the catch. People who sincerely love, the, sincerely love the Lord, they are in the catch. And people who are coming to observe, they are in the catch. In the book of um, 1 John chapter 2, verse 19, there is a, verse, a statement there he makes. He says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be manifest that they were not of us. Hallelujah. So that is one category of the divide. The bad 
catch. One reason why some qualify there is that the scriptures from day, day one, they were maybe chale water, maybe from day one, they were something else. They, they look like fish. I've been in a hotel room in Sunyani some years ago. And I saw something which looked very much like a scorpion. And I believed that it was a scorpion. I was going to call the police, the, 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 the reception people to come and, you know, because I didn't have any weapon, I didn't have anything, and I didn't want to leave the room so that you go and, you know, scorpion can go and hide fast. Only for me to get closer to find out it was just black polythene, but we had the shape of a scorpion. And I was struggling with this thing for about 10 minutes and speaking in tongues and hoping that <laughs> I said this thing. Then I call, I, I was about to call them and I said, no, let me, let me not waste somebody's time. Let me get closer. So sometimes some objects can look like real fish. And it may not be fish. There are people who look like believers who come into the church. But from day one, they have never really been believers. When we were much younger in the faith, there used to be young guys who decided that we are going to the church to invade to look for girls. One or two of them succeeded. Because not all the sisters were mature to descend that they were false brethren. So in the body, there are false brethren. And Jesus is talking about this. From day one, some are false brethren. They come with the wrong motive. Let me go in so I'll get a, a, a nice lady. Let me go in so I'll get somebody to help me to do business. Let me go in so that I can, you know, get someone to help me to travel. Let me go in so that I can get this. So they'll respond. They'll follow everything. That's what Paul says. False brethren entered in on our ways. They were not with us. Some too are contaminated by the dead fish. That's what they, the scripture says, escape the corruption which is in the world. Second Peter 1 verse 4. We have escaped. First Corinthians 15 33 tells us also that a little leaven leavened the whole lamb. Evil communication corrupts good morals. Hallelujah. So it's clear that some people also, even though they may start well, because of bad association, they become, by the time the fishermen come to sort them out, they have been contaminated by the bad fish. Amen. So we all have to watch it. So you have people who have come in intentionally with wrong motive, they are also in the body, and they will say the Lord's prayer, the sinner's prayer, and everything, but they don't say, they don't have any heart towards that. They just flow along. They will just, they will, they will, even sometimes they can imitate tongues. They will sing. They will dance. They will give offering. They will refer you to men of God and women of God they know. They will tell you, I have been here before. I heard it all before. I know this one. But Paul says, they are false brethren crept in on our ways. And John says that they were not with us from the beginning. 
But you also have the contaminated brethren. Innocent and naive people. Who bias, who think that they love everybody more than what God has spoken. You know, in the body, there are sometimes people, brothers and sisters, who don't, they don't love Christ. The scripture says, whose God is their belly? They just love to feed, to, any money, it's all our covetousness. Whose glory is their shame? So, it's not everybody, one of the reasons why people don't enter the kingdom is because of bad association. They, in the kingdom, it's not outside the kingdom. They will be in the kingdom, but they have a wrong kingdom, a friend, who have become bad examples, and who just do all the wrongs and change their standards in Christ. The things that they know, they abandon in Christ. The third group of bad nuts are those who give heed to deception. 1 Timothy 4 verse 1 to 3. It says, in the last days, the Spirit says clearly that many would depart from the faith, giving heed to deceptive spirits, lying spirits, doctrines of devils, so some people can start well in the faith. But by here, like William Braham, spoken word. Can start where God can even give them gifts. They can work miracles. But along the line, as sometimes out of covetousness and the love of money. Sometimes out of the fact that over exuberance, sometimes because of their belief in one of these days who teach about signs and tokens, which are biblical, but over emphasis. On signs and tokens can mislead people. Syncretism, importing other belief system into Christianity can create problems for you. African traditional religion mixed with, you know, with the, 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 the faith. Or Islam, or Hinduism, or Buddhism. There are people from the East who are struggling with their faith because they don't want to drop yoga. You cannot be a, a true Christian and still be doing transcendental meditation or uh, uh, yoga under the guise of exercise. It cannot work. Because TM is about spiritual translation. Your, body, your spirit leaves your body and travels abstract travel, which is witchcraft. Familiar spirits. You want to worship your grandmother who is dead 20 years ago and still be a Christian. You can't do it. Syncretism, you want to mix the two. You can't mix the two. So if you come to Christ and you are, you, 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 you are still into that, like last Sunday I talked about the, the, your, your seal, it's not the seal of the Holy Spirit, but you have imported other seals to cover the thing. So the thing is your identity. Your, your, your legitimacy in Christ is something else other than the word of God, other than Christ, other than the Holy Spirit. It's something else. You are known. You are better known. Your, 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 your claim to success and to fame and to, to, to making it in life is more, your emphasis is more on those things. That they know you that you are very, very, you keep to the traditions and you keep to the rules of those things more. You are very careful that any rule about that 
oracle that they gave to you, you don't break it. But the rule of Christ, you can easily get over it. And say, oh, that's what this one, God understands. You have things around the waist, around the, somewhere. you only wear it when you are going to a funeral or something. But you are in the church. You speak in tongues. Sometimes even you prophesy. Sometimes you cry when there's preaching. But still, you, are, you have something. You can't serve two gods. You have to give up. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself daily. Take up his cross and follow me. So you can't be in that thing. And say, oh, okay, man, I call you You have to. Kusun and le kusuni. Kusun and le kusuni. Rent out to Caesar the things that are Caesar and to God the things that are misquoting scripture. Jesus was talking about money. He was not talking about spiritual loyalty. So if you are still doing some things, you can be classified among the wicked, among the bad. Catch. Say amen. Giving heed to Deceptive spirits. Something is, some people, you see, many people come to Christ. Before you came to Christ, maybe you, you, you were unaware that you were operating a familiar spirit. I've heard people, I, I preached to a guy one day, some, a year or two ago, a soldier, who said to me that, oh, me, I'm born again. He's even gone to a Bible school. And I asked him, what makes you believe you are born again? Oh, when, even when I was a child, anything I dream and I see, it comes. And even if, I, if you are sick and you come to me, I go. I have a plant, I go and take it. And when I take it and I give it to you, no, you are healed. And you are not born again. You don't have the Holy Spirit. But you are working miracles. Now, pretty in a familiar spirit. But you are not aware. And he has gone to a, a I won't mention the church name. Big Bible school is about to graduate as a, as a pastor. Such a person, when he becomes a pastor... He's, he's, he's dispersing the familiar spirit. Operating by spirit, familiar spirit. He's already off. He's not, in, he's not born again. He's a Simon the sorcerer. Who looks like a believer. But he's not. And sometimes some of us, we believe in certain... That's what this dream thing that I have, or this particular thing, even with me shining in Better trust God to cut off that thing before you, you enter into the realm of, of, of falsehood. Because you can, the enemy will take that, that gate that you call, you think it was a gift of the Spirit. It's not a gift of the Spirit. It's something else. And the enemy will take advantage. Make you feel you are somebody great. And before long, you've gone off. Because, you see, you can only operate the gift of the Spirit when you are born again. Christ is living you, then the Holy Ghost comes to live in you. If you are not born again, you and the Holy, that thing, so it's a familiar spirit. Maybe your grandmother or somebody planted, you didn't know. You better ask for help so that you are free. And start afresh. But for you to pride yourself in that and say that because of that, me too, I'm born and God knows, it's a gift that God has given me. I know it long time. When can lie, nah, nibi, 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 nibi. Me no, nah, I yeah. <laughs> You are praying witchcraft spirit, familiar spirit, unconsciously. I'm telling you. And so already you are disqualified. 
Because you, you cannot enter the kingdom with that familiar spirit. Human beings, pastors may not be able to check your, your visa. You see, the seal is the Holy Ghost. When you are entering, everybody will think you are okay. It's just, when you, you, you have the wrong seal, you try to, the, 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 the signals will pay. Peep, peep. And it's amazing, you see. God gave human beings the wisdom to create things like this easy pass. In Ghana, we don't use easy pass much. The, the pass you put on the car. When you are getting to the barrier, you don't have to stop because it knows that you are paid or your credit card is hooked to the, the, the easy pass. You go through. It's a sign of what will happen in heaven. So every believer, there's a, a divine code in us. The spirit bears witness. And even the unclean spirits, they bear witness. When you manifest anywhere, you know. So if you, God gave wisdom to human beings to show us a sign of how it will be. Imagine heaven, the one who gave the ideas. Easy path. The, the, and when you are coming 30 meters or 20 meters away, the signal picks it from your car and then opens the gate. So it shall be. So I pray that God, anything which is going to interfere with my signal, help me out. Say amen. The signal must not be blotted, blank. There shouldn't be anything. Because sometimes you can have a very good the, the, the thing that some things will be on it. We know I'm, you know what I'm talking about. You can have a, a, a credit card, a good one, working, but just you put it in some oil, palm oil, or something come on them before you realize it doesn't work. So the scripture says that in the last days many will give heed to this seducing spirit. So these three things defines the bad fish. Those who are contaminated by dead fish. Those who are not with us from the beginning. Those who give heed to deceptive spirits. Hallelujah. The way forward for me and for you. Hebrews 10.31 says, We are not of them that draw back unto perdition. We must believe the word of God. We have not come so that when the separation comes, we will not make it. Once we are hearing today, we are going to trust God to do a check so that we can not be left out. Hallelujah. And once we are on, we are on for good. We are on, we are in the race for life. We are not going back anywhere. We are going to stay right under the blood and we will not turn back. Amen. Is it there? Hebrews 10.31 I'm going to end It is Okay Go on It's a fearful thing No, I'm talking about We are not of them that draw back onto perdition I missed the, the writing, sorry What? Give me that one I think in my writing I just slipped. Forgive me. But we go on to the saving of the soul. We persevere to the saving of the soul. Hebrews 10. It's in Hebrews 10. Get it. 39. Okay, in the writing I wrote. Oh, I wrote 39, but I can't see my own handwriting. 
That's why I should use my iPad. 39. To the saving of the soul. We aim, if you come to Christ, don't aim to just be a member of this church. Don't aim to make me happy. Don't make your Christianity limit yourself to making Reverend Dennis happy. Or anybody for that matter happy. Don't make it, I, oh, I want to make my CFCC membership strong so that when I get a funeral, they will go with me. No, that, that should, that's a very small vision. To finish, I'm going. I'm going. Andre Kraft said, "No need to try to turn me around. I'm going all the way." And he went all the way. These days we don't play those kind of songs much. I'm going all the way, going all the way. No need to try to turn. Me around. Oh yes, I'm going all the way. I've got to go all the way. That's how you decide when you come to Christ. Decide that I'm going all the way. Don't come because you want a husband, you want a wife, you want a house, you want to travel. It's good to travel. It's good to work. It's good to get a job. Oh, this place, if you are, you won't get a nice husband. You won't get a nice wife. If you are there, you are, you're in Christ. So you want to go club on Friday nights. So that you can get cruise. Then you come to the pastor. Say, pastor, I have this brother I met. And you know that you met him in the club. Don't do that. Don't do that. Decide to go all the way. Tell your neighbor, go all the way. We don't have anywhere going. When I argue with my wife, and I said, we said, look, Charlie, we are not going anywhere. We are married. We are in for life. So let's find our way to solve this thing and move on. It's a common thing. You and Christ have to decide that, Lord, I don't have anywhere going. I'm not going anywhere to look for anything. Travel, visit, husband, wife, anything, which are good for living. I'm not against it. But I am going all the way in Christ. Rain or shine. My common entrance teacher, he was called Frank Ousu Berima Achampon. Fuba, Fuba. He used to write this quantitative analysis. And he told us in, form, in, in uh, primary school, he says, look, you are going to write this exam? Rain or shine, 100%. So when he comes to class, you just say, rain or shine, and we say, 100%. You have to say to yourself every day, rain or shine, I'm going to heaven. I'm making it. Nothing will stop me. I'm not turning back. I want to make it. Say amen. Don't let anybody's face intimidate you to say, because of this person, I won't go on. Because of the way things have changed around, and then I won't go on. No. Decide. Otherwise, you turn into a bad fish. And you may be thrown out. Decide, I want to be good fish before the Lord. Meat for the master's use. Hallelujah. Another thing I've seen has held me as a Christian and decide, decide to remain along the line is this passage in Second Peter 
chapter 1 from verse 4 up to verse 10. And I'll say it. I learned it from an Adisada boy. When we were in Holy Child, one day, we were having a road meeting. Ken, are you hearing me? Okay. And this school boy taught me, so I have to say it. Say, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, by that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through last. Now, beside this, giving all diligence are to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. Go on. And to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For, this is the part that my friend Asperges emphasized on verse 8. He says, For if ye these things be in you, tell your neighbor, point to your neighbor and tell him this. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now go on to verse 9 and 10. Then we will right now. Verse 10 says, But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Verse 10. Verse 10. Wherefore, let's say it together. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence. Now, diligence means to. to, to when you are serious, another word for diligence is when it's serious, be more than much the day. I say when you break, diligent means meticulous and forceful, and be 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 be, be conscious of the thing that hey, this is not a joke. Diligent, you are not taking. Uh, you don't take things for granted. Diligence. You are serious. You are meticulous. You pay attention to detail. You, you don't make mistakes by heart. Consciously. To make your calling and election sure. Then the part that freaks me most as pages. says, for if ye do these things, ye will never fall. That means you will never be classified as wicked, bad, thrown out, it is the continuous growth that will guarantee this. Because when we stop, we deteriorate. So you say, I am determined to grow continuous. I want so any those of us who say, Oh, I've so for so when you say me I'm a problem now and they say, and I say, Me be an and I say, you know, uh I dear way no and hame, and I say you say, you know you know my issue. Or so for may know your issue, but the provision is there for you to increase. Says, add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, self control. So all the, it, you, there's always a harvesting. You are adding on. You are desires, Lord. This thing, I want to have that, this virtue. This thing is missing. I need it. You don't need a prayer meeting or altar call to know what you lack and what you don't. You you, you have. So many of us are dependent on meetings and this revivals and altar. It's good. But that, you, do, you yourself, when you examine, you can know what you lack. You can tell what is not complete in your life. That what could make you have a problem with, with, with the identity, the seal that we spoke about. So you say, no, Lord, help me. 
I wish I was more brotherly. I had more brotherly kindness. I wish I was more temperate. I, I wish I exhibited more of the of the of the face. I, Lord, so that and until I see myself in in that by your grace, I don't want to stop asking you. I need that grace that nothing will be lacking. See, including you see, there, there are some of the things. Other people have to help you to get. Paul says, I long to see you that I may impart to you a spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. So, but when, when you pray, God will bring those people your way. But if you don't pray and you don't seek, you are not diligent and you take it for granted and say, oh, be on the level, be on the standard, you are, God understands, God loves me, every anyhow, and we can just carry on. That is when we become bad fish. That's why we don't become of value to the one going to consume us. We want to be caught liver oil. We want to be the, the, the aquarium fish that will be displayed. I want to be that fish that when they, they put on the table for the master to consume, say, ah, well, well done. Good and faithful servant. Beloved, we don't, we may not have it all, but we must desire to have it all. Say amen. We must not be content with whatever inadequacies that we have in our lives, we must trust God to walk in the spirit of excellence. Because the divide is two. Divide is just, it's not three, there's not four. It says, wicked or just. Rejected, accepted. Good, bad. So I pray, oh God, that I'll be on that side. I pray for you also. That God will help you. That you also be on that side of God's favor. That you will not be lacking. That you will not be thrown out. Because the consequence, I don't want to talk about the consequence now. Because we've heard that. We don't want to go there. It's not an option. And why do we have to stay so long in faith, in the church, reading Bible, sacrifice, for all these, only to be thrown out? No, it should not happen. Pray, O oh Lord, help me. This, my commitment to you, will be forever. Say a prayer to the Lord in a moment as we close. And say it for your neighbor. Say it for your spouse. Say it for your children. That we will make our calling and election sure. That none of us will be faulted as unworthy fish. That should be in the net. Will not be any material else other than what God has prescribed that we should be, which is a good piece of fish. That is meat for the master. That we may increase in these virtues in the name of Jesus. We will not draw back onto perdition. That wrong communication, wrong friendships will not draw us astray. And we will stay in company which will stir us on to finish well. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive our announcement.